Welcome back, listeners, to This Time on True Crime Podcast. I am Fox. And I'm Alice. And we've noticed that we've had a few more, no. A lot more. A lot more listeners and some followers. We want to say thank you. We really appreciate it. We just wanted to start this episode out by saying thank you and welcome to all the new listeners and followers that we seem to have gained over this last week. Yes, especially with our last episode, Natalia Grace. Um, today we're going to be doing part two of The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Yes. And um, we recently put a post on Instagram asking which one you want us to cover for the next episode. Do you want us to cover Natalia Speaks, which is her side of the story, or would you like us to cover the Gypsy Rose confessions from prison? Yeah, because they're both out right now and they both look good. So. Yeah, they're both so. good. And Any we... type of feedback anywhere you can give us is great. We are looking for feedback from everybody. And then also, you know what I was thinking is how listeners on other podcasts, they get called stuff like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> not get called stuff, but like, like True Crime Obsessed, they call them, hey fam, you know, yeah. and... What is it? Cre- creepers time? Creep time. They call them creepers. Creep time. They call them creepers. And so we were thinking, what should we call our listeners? Yeah. What do you want to be called? And I was thinking, well, what do we call true crime? This time on true crime. Mm-hmm. So it's T-T-O-T-C. So I was thinking tots. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I don't know if tots I, sounds. I kind of like tots. <laughs> like, yeah, I like tots too because we could be like. All right, tots. Cri- <laughs> crime tots or. Oh, our little crime tots. Our little crime tots, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. But I then, love that. Yeah, now I'm thinking, oh, we should have went with like some sort of mm-hmm. acronym. Like, yeah, I'm sure it'll come over time. Over time on this time on True Crime? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, for right now, we might go with tots. Um, if you're offended by that in any way, or Let you're like, <laughs> I, don't, I do not like potatoes, you know. <laughs> if you don't like potatoes, stop listening. Oh no 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 no! She's you're lying. uninvited. No, <laughs> unfriended. We welcome blocked. everyone. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Okay, moving on. Moving okay. on. So where we lost off last time, we were talking about how Michael had just discovered uh, the names. Uh, Diane and Gary Sacone. Uh, yes. Were, yeah, who were the people who had adopted Natalia before this. Mm-hmm. And so we do get a little snippet in here of the detectives going to the Ukraine because Ukraine. there's such an issue about Natalia's origins that they think they found the woman who is Natalia's birth mother. Okay, and her name was... Uh, Anna Gava, right? Yeah. Yes, Anna Gava. Anna Gava. And so they go. Which that sounds like like I, a. It's kind of a great name. Yeah, Anna Gava. It, it sounds like a like a passion fruit drink or something. Mm. Do you want to order the Anna Gava? And it's like, like, well, yes. What's in that? Like you know? guava. Like yeah, like guava. Like guava. Guava fruit. Guava. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Is that what kind of? I could see that. I don't like know. if you saw the an- Anagava on a on a drink list, mm-hmm. I would drink it. Yeah, <laughs> I would be Starbucks like, drink. Yeah, I would the be Anagava. like, can I get the Anagava? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, grande, please. Yeah, it does sound like a, like a celebrity name. Do you want whipped cream with that? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk to Anagava. Uh, Anagava, and uh, she gets very upset. They don't talk to her specifically, but they get her on the phone, and she's very upset. And this was in two thousand or. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> 2020. 2020. 2020. They're talking to her and she's very mad and she says, I have been dealing with this for 17 years. <gasps> so, dealing it, with like all the Natalia stuff. 
for 17 years. So 2020 minus 17 is 2003. Which would be the original birth year. Which is what Natalia has been saying, right? Yeah, which is Natalia and everyone's been saying all along. September 4, 2003. Mm-hmm. So we get that little snippet. And then okay. they move on again. So this is where we hear from multiple people in the past who have interacted with the Sacconis about possibly adopting Natalia from them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, and they were all little people. Like, they all were people with dwarfism. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, it would have been, I feel like, such a better place for Natalia. Yeah. To end up. I mean, not saying it, that people who don't have dwarfism can't, but they just seemed like they were more prepared for her needs, maybe. Yeah. Like, be- versus be- they were... Because they were familiar with dysplasia. They were right. familiar with dwarfism. They understand, like, the surgeries, the... The constant wheelchair accessible yeah. areas, things like that. So it's like any one of these families could have been a much better fit, yeah. I feel. So it's kind of sad to see what could have been. And it explains more in the documentary um, about it, but it was nothing nefarious or anything like that. Yeah. So we're just going to move on. So we're going to move on from that point. Yeah. So this is where we hear a little bit back from um, about that detective that showed up at the Barnett's. When they were investigating the fact that they were making Natalia sleep out on the back porch. Mm, okay. That and was Detective Kraus? Kraus? Klaus? Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. And he had put in his report that the by the pictures he could find of Natalia, she still had baby teeth in oh, the U.S. Okay. Yeah. So he put it in his report to Heather that the, the woman at the... DCS. DCS, yeah. Yeah, that he believed Natalia to be a child. Because of the baby teeth. Because of the baby teeth and because of the paperwork he found. So, apparently, Michael did not have him as snowed as he thought he did. Um, Whatever the detective was telling him, maybe he just didn't hear it right? Right. Or got got a different perception of it? I don't know. That was weird because it was like the complete opposite of what the detective Klaus was... Actually saying. (laughs) Actually saying and doing. And then so we hear from Beth Karras that during uh, the Barnett's home study mm-hmm. that they had self-reported on whether there had been any domestic violence in the house or not. And the Barnett's, of course, had said no. But the truth is there had. There had been police reports of domestic violence in the Barnett's house oh. before Di- before Na- Natalia yeah. was adopted. Yeah. That's spe- a big one. Yeah, I think it is important because, like, especially since they go on to make claims that Christine was the predominant abuser. Mm-hmm. And in the domestic violent reports, it shows quite a bit of it of Michael Barnett being a violent person. Yeah, it said something like Christine was crawling out of the front door. Yeah, he had her in a headlock. He had her in a headlock, yeah. Yeah, so... Which is like, whoa, that's major domestic violence right there. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's like actual, really, physical fighting. So, and then we get a clip coming back to the creamery, Mm -hmm. where we start to hear from some of the employees that worked there. Ah, that witnessed the incident, huh? Yes, that witnessed the incident. And they're saying that all this stuff that's coming out, that they're saying that Michael's been saying is, like, not true at all. The guy that said that he showed up with the police because he got a call that there was a little person that was upset and going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. But when he got out there, it was the opposite. He said that she was actually sitting on the ground perfectly fine and calm. And it was Christine Barnett, the caretaker, that was off the hook. Yeah, he said that she was 
um, like agitated mm-hmm. and a, kind of aggressive. Mm-hmm. And Natalia was just sitting on the ground, like chill. Mm-hmm. And he said, if anything, it would be the caretaker. Yeah, it was the opposite of what yeah. he was told. So it wasn't Natalia trying to put Christine into the electric fence. If anything, I'm wondering now <laughs> if it might have if been it the might other have way been around. Christine, but I think what I think. And they didn't say this is Christine was just really upset because Natalia had to take a rest because her feet were hurting. Because remember in the last mm-hmm. episode, we talked about how many football fields that she had to walk. Right. And she didn't have the proper shoes. Natalia mm-hmm. said, I didn't have on good shoes that day. And so and her they, feet were bleeding. And I think right. that's what, why Christine was so And upset. then it gets kind of like insinuated later on, too, that possibly this whole thing was just orchestrated. Like, it was, yeah. the whole thing was planned. Like, they're like, oh, you go on ahead, and I'm going to create this, you know, issue that we'll have a police report to use later. Oh. Like, the whole thing was yeah, just Yeah, something planned. is devious mm-hmm. here. Something is, it, I, I feel like there was malicious intent with this whole situation with Natalia from the Barnett's mm-hmm. side. So, yeah, exactly. Which, and it didn't work out because, mm-hmm. you know, like, the creamery employees called bs right and then the ambulance took her away we still don't know which hospital they took her to or exactly why but we're um thinking it was her bloody feet right (laughs) her her poor bloody feet because she walked so far in bad shoes so it's interesting now that we're getting like all these police reports and eyewitnesses accounts saying that basically everything we've been hearing about natalia up to this point from the barnett's is a lie Mm-hmm. And so Beth Karras points out Beth that... Karras, shout out to Beth Karras. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Beth Karras, hit us up this hit time up, on Beth True Crime. Uh, she points out that if Michael is lying about this, what else is he lying about? Oh, I love her one-liners. I know. She's, she's got some great one-liners. She's like, yeah, she's like, he's lying about this. What else are they lying what about? What else is he lying they're about? They're like, yes, Beth Karras, this is why you're so amazing. I know. She's so great. And then, so, since his story keeps changing, it just, like, kind of loses all credibility. hmm Yeah. So, that is the end of episode two. So, episode three starts out with the information about the Barnett's trying to get Natalia re-aged. Okay. And Beth Karras points out that, as, like, the police officers did before, mm-hmm. that having to get an international adopted child re-aged isn't that uncommon. Mm-hmm. Because... We, we mentioned We this. already covered all that, right? Yeah. That they can change the age. Um, but the way that the judge did it in this particular was kind of pulled out of the air. Like, there's no real good reason why he picked 22 specifically. It wasn't medically focused. Didn't he get it from the from their doctor, though? Not specifically. She said that the way that they found it was the, do- the judge decided... Well, people typically stop growing at 18, and that was a while ago. She hasn't grown anymore since that paperwork four years ago. So we'll just say she's four older, four years older now than she was at 18. Oh, so that puts her at 22. Mm-hmm. So she went from, what did we say, nine, nine years old? Yeah. To 22 years old, basically overnight. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was like a 14-year jump. Oh, and they had this done while Natalia was in... LaRue Carter. LaRue Carter Mm -hmm. Mental Hospital. So she didn't show up at any of the court appearances. The judge never saw or talked to Natalia. Like, she wasn't present for any of it. Didn't have representation. Didn't have representation. Yeah. She was in the hospital at the time. How is that legal? I don't... Well, you know... I think that's part of the reason why some of the stuff that happens later, later happens. Because, you know, (laughs) some of the stuff that happens later happens. (laughs) Because they know that we don't know that they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That we should know, but they don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because there's something really weird and fishy. And I think if they were to had to own up to some of it, they would have to own up to maybe the courts made a mistake. And as we well know, courts don't like making, admitting that they made a mistake. They're not going to admit that. So, I mean, for any justice to be served to Natalia, that's the number one thing that has to happen. The judge has to come forward and be like, I made a mistake. Okay, I'm going to I be... did the wrong thing. I wonder if the Barnetts didn't slip a little Benjamins. Yeah. A few it, Benjamins under the, the it's court possible, table. because she was making that book money. Yeah. So, And I they were, know. like, allegedly famous. Mm-hmm. And so to have a judge just side with them... And randomly, arbitrarily, I think is what Beth Harris called it. Like, yeah, just I mean, randomly pulled some random, but it just happened to be the magical number that she needed to be in order for them to have no responsibility for her from that point on. Yes, because Beth Harris said, when you adopt, I don't know if it was a child or an international child, I can't remember, um, they're responsible for that person mm-hmm. until 21 years of age i think it's all children not Is just all adopted children? Okay. Children. so now even though they've gotten her aged up to 22 she's technically an adult but she's a dependent adult because of her disability and right? yeah because of her disability well is it a disability yeah i guess it's a disability um i don't know I, if it's kind of like beth... insensitive to call but i don't know i could be wrong I thought that's what Beth Karras said. Is that what she called it? Because I think technically, because Michael, we find out, is collecting Social Security. On behalf of Natalia. On behalf of... He yeah. is collecting Natalia's Social Security He checks. said he was paying themselves back... For paying for, her rent. For paying her rent ahead of time. And yeah. then he was paying her gas bill and her electric bill or mm-hmm. whatever. Allegedly. Yeah. Like, really, aging her at 22 years old didn't take a, a responsibility away from the Barnetts like they thought it would. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, so at this point, when she gets out of the hospital, they decide she doesn't move back in with them. They get her an apartment in Westfield, Indiana. Yeah. And Westfield, Indiana is kind of like a nicer area. Yeah. Michael Barnett said it's the richest county or richest town of Indiana. Oh, okay. So like yeah. if you live in Westfield, I'm assuming you've made it. You're living, <laughs> I know, you're Quote, living in unquote, the nice area. You can buy like, a McMansion. Like where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the McMansions are. <laughs> yeah, if you have a McMansion, you've made it. Be like, where do you live? And you're like, oh, Westfield. And you're like, oh, Westfield. Do you have yeah. a Lamborghini in the driveway? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, then this is a point where we start hearing from some of the neighbors and okay, then... let me back this up. Okay. Okay, they get Natalia an apartment in mm-hmm. Westfield, Indiana in 2013. Mm-hmm. She's legally legally had her age changed to 22. Mm-hmm. So this apartment, they move her in mm-hmm. all by herself. Right. She's all by herself. In an apartment. Yeah. So this is the this, first time that Natalia is living alone. This little girl slash little person slash legally 22 years old is in an apartment all by herself. Right, exactly. Oh my God. I know. And the apartment has no accommodations for her needs. 
it's a regular it's just a regular apartment it's not like made mm-hmm. for little people mm-hmm. or like we see pictures of her standing on chairs to try and reach the stove and like pictures does of... she even know how to work a stove i i mean she doesn't i you can't imagine I mean? yeah that she was ever taught how to like cook or anything oh like that so okay wash wash her clothes do laundry do dishes you know run a vacuum i can't imagine her either knowing or having the ability to do all this and one of the neighbors brings that up later because we start to hear from a couple of the neighbors that mm-hmm. live there yeah um one's an an older lady named sue and she talks about how when she watched she would watch like the mom which was christine mm-hmm. show up in the cadillac and drop all the groceries off in the sidewalk oh my God. and then just sit in the car and watch natalia carry them into the house yeah and so then sue said that she went out there and like helped her carry her groceries in yeah while christine sat in her cadillac and watched her struggle (laughs) sue was like she didn't even say thank you or anything nothing and then so then we hear from another set of neighbors that talk about their time with natalia and they say that she was like super overly friendly and got super attached to them really fast and mm-hmm. we hear from all the neighbors in that apartment complex that things got really weird with natalia really fast and so, yeah like what yeah mm-hmm. and that they all felt really bad for her yeah they felt bad for her they all said that like um because she she would wear like the same clothes right every single day over and over and over that she very obviously had either couldn't or didn't know how to take care of herself mm-hmm. she was dirty she smelled. She wore the same clothes over and over. Body odor that was just... Really bad. Really bad. Really bad. And so... And they also said... All kind of said the same thing, which I caught, was that she introduced herself as 22 years old and that she was dangerous to everybody that she met. That was, like, one of the first things she told That's everyone. Right, because she would tell people... One of the neighbors, I think, was her name Melanie? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. She would have conversations with Natalia and she was like, you know, why are you living on your own and where's your parents? And Natalia would tell her, oh, I tried to kill my mom. Mm-hmm. I pulled a knife on her. Yeah. And even then that neighbor, I think her name was Melanie, was mm-hmm. really cool. She was like, OK, there's got to be more to this story because yeah. because she was like actually caring for Natalia. Like, like she said, she would pop over unannounced. She would text her a lot. and. Mm-hmm. She was kind of, I don't want to use the word annoying, but it it was... Very clingy. Clingy. Mm -hmm. But she still cared about her. Yeah. She was like, I still talk to her today. You know, I still want to know how she's doing. People seem to have like one or two reactions to Natalia and it was either super creeped out or it was pity. Mm -hmm. And so, and they said that Natalia was just kind of like crossing boundaries, being inappropriate. Going into people's homes, getting into their fridge and... One of, I think it was Sue, mm-hmm. was saying she was always hungry. She was always hungry. So she would break it, mm-hmm. not, not break into people's homes because from Natalia's point of view, it wasn't breaking in, but it was yeah. like, your house is open. I'm friends with you because we've met. Yeah. And because she had never been taught those boundaries. Yeah. Because really she's mm-hmm. biologically, she's still a little girl. Yeah. Even though she's legally 22. And they said that she used to do things like hide in the bushes. Oh my and... God. This was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Hide in the bushes and pop out to like scare the gardening crew yeah the landscaping <laughs> crew and oh my god i thought that was funny that sounds like such a child thing to do yeah you know when she found kids in the neighborhood she would like gravitate towards them mm-hmm. but then that started to cause issues too because like and as we know from her time in the mental hospital she's maybe developed some really 
inappropriate ways of interacting with especially boys and other men. And so that was starting to kind of reappear in the apartment complex. I want to make a comment about that because when Michael Barnett came over to Natalia's apartment, the one time that they showed, he, yeah. he, he like recorded the whole thing on his yeah, phone. Yeah, because we do have some video of Natalia's time at the apartment at complex. The apartment. And she was laying on the couch. She mm -hmm. looked depressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if she was, but she looked tired or sad or obviously lonely mm -hmm. because she would go around to other neighbors. Right. And she was watching TV. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think they had her in school because she was 22 years old. Yeah. They didn't say anything about being in school. At this so time. all she had to do, all she was doing all day was basically nothing. Yeah. Right. All day, all night. All day, all as night. As a bored kid. So she was watching TV and, and when I was listening to it in the headphones, I was trying to pick out what TV show she's watching. I know. Yeah, I was too. I couldn't get it. But I also think that could be an influence on how she mm. was quote unquote acting yeah. inappropriately right. with the neighbor kids. Because as you know, TV shows yeah. will show. So it depends on like what she could be watching. Like if she's sitting there watching the real world. Yeah. They're yeah. out there in bikinis. Or Jersey Shore. And... Or... Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know. Anything. Yeah. Jerry Springer. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this was back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So yeah. I think not only her time in the mental uh, hospital. Do they still call it that? I don't want to be I insensitive. I think so. Mental health hospital. Mental health hospital. So. Mental health facility. Um, facility. And, facility. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and or her watching TV shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're that young, your right. mind, your brain is like a yeah. sponge. Like you're that just Lord absorbing song. it. Yeah. The internet raised us. Yeah. The internet raised us. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm thinking maybe a lot of her inappropriate actions and behaviors yeah. were formed from watching nonstop TV. And well, and it kind of makes sense too, because what in sitcoms, people just walk on into their neighbor's houses. Yeah, like yeah. friends. They just yeah. walk just over walk to Joey in. and Chandler's. Oh, yeah, that's Chandler. True. Oh, Chandler. Oops. R.I.P. R.I.P., buddy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean. I do think it's important too to point out that like I don't want to necessarily minimize the neighbor's reaction to her mm -hmm. because like she probably was doing some weird and creepy stuff yeah. at this time. I mean, she's an we unattended child. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't there. And so I don't want to minimize their experience. But at the same time, I think it's a little unfair to fully blame natalia mm -hmm. so, so so they got a couple of complaints right on and natalia I, I think something really important to that we do need to point out during her time there was the recordings that michael took of natalia because these are more recordings that he intentionally took oh my God. that he yeah. thinks is like proving his case and one of them is natalia desperately dragging a giant garbage can up a ramp yeah, that's bigger than her. Yeah, that's like bigger, like twice literally, her size. Literally bigger like than Like one her. of those great yard, yeah, great those big great yard bins. ones. Yeah. yeah, and she's like hauling it up, like doing desperately, inching her way up this mm -hmm. ramp. And so that was proof that she could take care of himself, herself. Allegedly. Allegedly. According to Michael Barnett. But yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a part in this video that breaks my heart because it's when Michael is recording Natalia, he was like, you know, hey, I didn't see you. Oh, yeah. He was, like, trying to find her. And she was like, well, I was out on a walk. He comes and... in the door and he's like, where were you? Yeah. And, and he just was, like, like interrogating her yeah. because he couldn't see where she was walking. And... He just attacks her the second he walks through the door. Where and... were you? I was there. What were you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And she's yeah. like, I was just out there. And he's like, I was there. I didn't see you. You know. And what breaks my heart is she's, like, 
trying to say everything correctly. Right. You know, I was right over here. Well, I didn't Mm -hmm. see you. And she's like, well, I was just right there. But what, okay. So this is the part that gets me as soon as he goes, okay, you know, what were you doing? She was like, well, Heather came over and she goes, and I have all the bins emptied and I did this and that. Like it, it was like, she hurry and spouted off her chore list. Right. Like, I did this. I did this. I hope you're happy. I'm a good person. You yeah. Know. Which, again, just goes to feel, like, ch- very childlike. Very childlike. Like, and she, and you know? she didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I hurry and did my chores, Daddy. You know? Yeah. Like, and he didn't even. Yeah. He didn't even care. He was like, I heard Heather was here. Like, I can't imagine, like, trying to compare it to, you know, like, all I have to really pull from is my personal experience. But it's like, when I was 22... Living in a place, I can't imagine if, like, one of my parental figures showed up and was like, where were you? I'd be like, none of your business. This is my house. If I don't take my garbage out, if I'm not doing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I wouldn't walk in, like, and be like, oh, I did this. I took the bins out. I did the dishes. I I was right here. I didn't go very far. I promise. Like, I'd be like, why are you here? Why are you in my house? And if you don't like it, you can leave. But that's me. I know not everybody's like that. And in all fairness, you had a brain that aged. I was actually 22, but that's kind of my point. Like, I was actually 22. If I was, however old they say that she was here at this point, 13. No, she wasn't. So she was like 10? So I think 2003 to 2013. If I was 10 years old, yeah, that sounds like something more like I would say if an adult walked in the room. And it sounds like something that you've been in trouble before for not doing. Yeah, she has a very like submissive submissive and, tone and then he starts interrogating her so he says you know i heard you've been talking to heather and she goes yeah we got another complaint yeah the neighbors have been complaining mm-hmm. because some neighbors were sus that she is not 22 mm-hmm. and that she is a child yeah and so they called d df d oh what is it called dcs dfs cfs i think they call children's it services. dhs at DHS? This one. department of human services i know every state is different i know anyway yeah child welf- welfare well, well, yeah well. they call yeah called and made a complaint on her that that she's a child mm-hmm. living in an apartment somebody did yeah somebody, somebody did. decided to call and make and a I, complaint and and it and it was really sad because mm-hmm. she was like And he's like, well, what did you tell Heather? And she was like, well, I told Heather that I was going crazy, that I went crazy. Yeah. And that she immediately went down the list of everything she's been told to say whenever somebody asks. You can tell it was a list Mm -hmm. because of the way she was saying it. I told him this and I told him this and I told Mm -hmm. him this. Like like the same with I took the bins out. I did this. I didn't go very far. I told Heather when they was asked, I told him this and I told him this and I told him this. Like it was very like coached. Coached. And it, it was really sad because she said. I'm going crazy or I went crazy three times in the four sentences that she said. Yeah. And I'm like, don't oh. worry. I told him I'm crazy. I yeah. made sure to tell him I'm crazy. Right. You don't have to worry. I, I did what you said. I, I made sure they know I'm crazy and I'm yeah. 22. And I told you, him I'm 22 and I'm crazy. Just like you told me to. And do you know what that Michael did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he stood there and he deleted all the phone numbers yeah. from her phone. All and, the contact and information. And he even says it on there. I deleted all your numbers, including Heather's. Mm-hmm. So you can't call Heather again. And she goes, oh, she goes, oh, yeah, I know. It was really sad because he's like, oh, well, I just deleted all that information. So you can't contact her anymore. Yeah. The the whole interaction with Michael Burnett is very heartbreaking. Yeah. He's he's very (sighs) verbally abusive to her, I feel, in the whole conversation. And it's just like sickening that he thinks this is like proof that he was a good father and was taking care of her. 
And but, the neighbor said that rarely, if at all, mm-hmm. saw Christine. Mm-hmm. So Christine didn't check up on her. Mm-hmm. And they said they only saw Michael a few times because of his bright yellow Corvette yeah, that he would his, show up he in. He would show up in his old man car. In his banana mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yeah, yeah. And that was about it. So the whole clip of them interacting is like, you, you're kind of scared for Natalia through the whole thing. Very scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very upsetting. And then we get to like this really sad interaction about the donuts. Oh my God, the donuts. The donuts I will never is look, so sad. I will never look at glazed donuts the same again. I will say though, how much? They were what? three ninety nine. dollars $3.99? $3.99. pack of a dozen. 12 yeah, it was, it was a, a 12 bag. Yeah. They were like those. I don't know if anyone's been to. I know they're called different places. Smith's, Kroger, Fred Meyer. They're Safeway. all. Safeway. They're all. Well, do they have them at Safeway? Vons. Do they have them there? I don't know. Every every grocery store has their own. They're like that pack of 12 that they kind of look like Krispy Kremes, but taste nothing like them. In the like clear them. plastic. Yeah, they're in the plastic. And they're like those big, fat, glazed oh, donuts. They're that so- just kind of melt in your yeah. mouth. And you know they're frozen because sometimes you get them off the shelf and they're like still a little frozen. But they're still good. Yeah, like, they're so <laughs> good. <laughs> they were three ninety nine. How much are those now? I can't even. There was a bright orange sticker on top of those donuts <laughs> that said three ninety nine, and they were healthy looking donuts. Yeah, they're probably like $10. Now. They were like or bigger I bet than... they're like at least twelve dollar a donut. And a lot thinner. Not a lot thinner. I know. Yeah. But these shrinkflation. These were like oh, I know. And he's like, Where did you get the donuts? And she's like, Oh, I kind of found oh. them in the cupboard. Yeah, she's like she's like trying desperately to come up with this story to keep While she's laying safe. on the couch. You like you could tell this girl is depressed because mm-hmm. she was laying on the couch with a blanket on in her. In kind of a slight fetal position. And a sli- yeah, and just not giving a shit. Yeah. And just like, you could just tell she was like why, why are you here? Yeah. Why? He's got these donuts. Where did these donuts from? I didn't buy these donuts for you. Where did you get them? And she's like, I don't know. I found them in my, my groceries as I was unloading them. And yeah. he's like like, well, they look new. He's like, well, let me go check. And he's like, nope, the date's on them. So why are you, where did you really get them? And, he's like, and so finally she owns up to the fact that it was Sue, Sue her, her neighbor, lady. Yeah. that brought him over. And he's like, why? Why is she doing that? And he's like, to be, she's like, to be a good neighbor. It was kind of funny because she put her, well, people, listeners can't see what I'm doing, but she kind of puts her hands up like, Ugh. Yeah, you know, throws like, her hands up a little. Like, Jesus, to, to be geez. a good neighbor. Yeah, just, just to, to be, be a, a good neighbor. neighbor. And he goes, oh, okay, well, you never tell me the truth anyways. So and you're a liar. Like, yeah. He goes, you're That's a what liar. he said. Yeah, that was like, oh, it was like once he couldn't, God. like, had nothing to come back at her with, nothing to attack her for, oh. he just, like, attacked her with, well, you're a liar. I wanted to reach through the TV screen. I, I at that moment, I so desperately Ooh. wanted to stand up and be like, me. I bought the donuts, Michael Barnett. What the hell are you going to do about it? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, in that moment, I just so desperately wanted to stand between the two of them and be like, I bought bought the donuts. donuts. I bought the donuts. (laughs) Do you have a problem with it? He'd probably back down. Oh, he would so back down. Yeah. Anyway. If he's not, you know, intimidating a child. So the um, apartment manager said that she received several complaints yeah. about Natalia from the residents. And she says, once we, um, have three complaints, we, we do not renew their lease. Right. So this is where yeah. a year has been up. Mm-hmm. So they are not renewing her lease because of all the complaints. Right. So now they, instead of taking her home, the Barnett's, instead mm-hmm. of taking them back to her house, mm-hmm. back to their house, 
uh, they decide to get her another apartment because yep. God forbid yeah. they take her back home to right. live with them. And they've had too many issues of uh, Department of Human Services being called on neglect charges and child abuse charges. Mm-hmm. So they try and get her out of that county. So, Even though she's legally 22 years old, it's still causing issues. Right. Because they can still call Department of Human Services to report adult abuse. Right. Because of her disability. disability. Right. And so this, uh, conveniently, mm-hmm. this is when their eldest son, Jacob, the mm-hmm. genius one, mm-hmm. gets a, I don't know if they said he got a scholarship, but yeah. a, some college in Waterloo, Canada right. wants him to complete his master's master's degree there and so the barnets are like all right we're all moving to canada except for natalia except for natalia so didn't it just seem very convenient and that's what a lot of people have said that it seems very sus like at the end of the lease Mm -hmm. they just happen to move to canada yeah they find a way to get rid of natalia and then skip country yeah they keep getting in all this legal trouble with Mm -hmm. you know neglecting a child or and they and or an adult yeah and then so they just all all of a sudden decided leave the country yeah is very suspicious allegedly so their kid can go to school yeah um so this is when christine takes natalia per natalia's um interview right with Mm -hmm. social services i think it is or a psychologist Mm -hmm. natalia says that christine takes her and they drive around to find her a new apartment and they land in the town of lafayette right but apparently in Lafayette is where uh, Michael Barnett and Christine went to school in Purdue, their yeah. college. Yeah. So we hear from this is where we kind of we get introduced to Bob Cooper, who is a former police detective in that county. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing up that at that time, Christine and Michael Barnett had become like nearly a household name when it came to child abuse in the Westfield County. Oh, the county, yes, mm-hmm. because of Natalia. So they moved him to Lafayette, which I guess was like his county. And he's uh-huh. like, things started to get a little different for them once they went to Lafayette, once yeah. they got out of the rich people neighborhood. And he said that in Lafayette, it's actually harder to find a bad area than it is to find a good area. Yeah. And where did they find Natalia's next apartment? In the bad area yeah, of Lafayette. in the dangerous area. So they really had to go around and mm-hmm. look, is what um, yeah. Detective Cooper was saying. And Michael wants us to know that he had no problem with her being there because he went to Purdue. So Him and Christine went to yeah. Purdue. And it just, like, had that Frasier feel. <laughs> like, for anyone who used to watch Frasier, <laughs> like, when, he, you know, like, in every bit of the conversation when he could possibly be like, well, I went to Harvard. Yeah, well, in Harvard. Well, just so you know, when I went to Harvard. Yeah. And, like, it was like, you just had to throw that in there, huh? Just to be like, well, because I went to Purdue. And it's I like, no Purdue. one gives a shit where you <laughs> went to. What's funny is, is I... You didn't like, learn, obviously, because you're kind of an idiot. It, What's so. funny is I looked at you and I'm like, uh, is Purdue a good college? I know, I know. <laughs> and you're it, like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, we're not knocking Purdue. I just, I'm not. I'm. Yeah, I don't know colleges very well. And um, it's like, okay, so you went to Purdue. That means you know that yeah. she was in a safe neighborhood. But then he goes on to tell her, tell us that. In this this neighborhood, it was just, it was so gross. So he goes on to tell us that in this neighborhood, she had everything that she could possibly need within two blocks of an adult GED center where she is signed up for classes. Okay. uh, The bus route, a Salvation Army, 
a gross a grocery store that looks more like a convenience store yeah. like a 7-Eleven but it takes her food stamps mm-hmm. so and a suicide prevention center and he says you could not place her in a in a more you can centralized draw a circle and place her in a better place in a better place that has all her needs all her needs a suicide prevention place and a yeah what was it not a convenience store yeah and a convenience store okay now Let's talk about the apartment that they moved her into in Lafayette. Yeah. So we hear from Kenna, who is one of her neighbors at that apartment. Uh huh. She seemed like a cool lady. She, yeah, she, I liked her. She said she 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 starts out saying, "This is funny." She's like, "I have nine, and I thought she was going to say children oh. or kids." And <laughs> yeah. She goes, "I have nine cats," and I'm like, "Oh." And I'm like, "Okay, friend, <laughs> friend request." Yeah, I have nine cats, two dogs, five kids, and then she was holding another one, and she's like, "And this will be the sixth if we adopt it." Yeah. Um, and her house was just like crazy Chaos. noisy. Yeah. yeah. But it looked okay. Yeah, it looked, you know, and it looked she looked nice. okay. But... It looked like a happy home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so she said that Natalia actually, how she met her was Natalia actually came over to her house, knocked on her door, and said that she was really hungry mm-hmm. and needed to call her mom right, to get some, like, food or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so Kenna's like, okay, you know, whatever. I think she said that she told, also told her I'm 22 years old. Yeah, her, yeah, you know, she gave her the whole, hi, I'm Natalia, I'm 22, and I starting to kill my parents i'm really hungry can you i know you know she gave like the whole you know okay listen up tops sorry she didn't pull out the piece of paper and just start reading it i know huh? she had it memorized that that's point. what i was gonna say listen mm-hmm. up tots do you like that <laughs> i don't know we're traveling that anyway yeah um it, yeah she sounds like and they actually and they say this later that she had a script to say mm-hmm. to everyone that Christine had taught her to say yeah. for when Christine is not around or Michael's not around. Yeah. And it was like, hi, I'm Natalia. I am 22 years old. Um, I've tried to kill my mom. I've yeah. gone crazy. Yeah, I'm It crazy. was like one of those. But so I, that nobody would try to help her or yeah. you know, feel bad for her. Or and stay away from her. They'd stay away from her. Yeah. And so when she met Kenna, she was like, hi, I'm 22 years old. I'm Natalia and I need food. Yeah. That she was hungry. Yeah. Which, okay. This, okay. Natalia's two feet, 11 inches mm-hmm. or two feet and some change at this point. Yeah. It can't take that much food to feed her. Right. Like a like a grown ass adult like you and I. Why aren't they providing her enough food? I know. Huh? Unless she is, you know, with, with your mental health well, s- status. Beth Karras does point out that in the paperwork and the DHS and all that stuff that it does seem to appear to be that they did not stop start buying her food until the complaint was made. Oh, so, so, yeah. So what, they were trying to, like, starve her in this apartment? I think so. I think they were. And then later there's text messages from uh, Christine that was like, let her figure it out. Stop helping her. To Michael, huh? Yeah, to Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they just kind of were hoping they could throw her in these apartments and just walk away. And yeah. she'd just figure it out on her own. But she's a child. So she can't figure it out on her own. She doesn't yeah. understand the world. And she doesn't know how. And So I think this time they gave her the food card and they were like, figure it out for yourself. Yeah, they gave her a food stamp card. Yeah. Which, okay, has a 10-year-old supposed to know how to work a food stamp card? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to teach them. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in almost every scenario, they aren't teaching her. They They're just her. throwing her out there mm-hmm. into the world and say, figure it out on your own. Right. Anyway, um, Kenna hands her the phone 
And she said that Natalia looked at the phone kind of weird, like, what do I do with this? And Kenna's like, okay, never mind. And she's like, so she gave her a sandwich. And she's, Kenna feels like really bad because yeah, I don't, really bad. I don't think she really had much interaction with Natalia after that. Mm-hmm. But she does point out that uh, she's kind of almost like this unbiased third party. That's why it's good to bring her up. Yeah. Because she does point out that. There were steps leading from the sidewalk to the house. There was like three or four steps. Mm -hmm. And then once she got to her second floor apartment. Oh my God. They put her on a second floor apartment tots. Yeah. With another like 15 to 16 steps to get up there. Which is insane yeah. because she has... They showed a picture of the things. I would struggle up those stairs. I know. <laughs> like... They were, they're like these old wooden stairs yeah. and they seemed really steep. Yes. Yeah, like steep. they just seemed really steep. Like not your, like they, uh, yeah, I don't know. And she said that she would struggle going up those stairs. Well, of course she would struggle. Yeah. She has a walking disability. Right. Uh, you like know, she just said like teeny, it tiny. clearly not like her needs were not thought and then like Beth Karras points out that the again the apartment had no accommodations like she mm-hmm. couldn't reach the stove she couldn't reach you know the washing the washing machine, machine yeah you know she couldn't reach things like to take care of or herself. she even knew how to work them yeah you know and so and then Kenna tells us that that neighborhood is not safe she and she grew up there her whole life. Is did she say that? Yeah, she oh. says I've lived in Lafayette my whole life. Oh, and she says she always has a weapon on her. She says she has always. a weapon on her body, on her person, inside the house and outside the house at all times. At all times, she said that neighborhood is that kind of party. It's not the kind of place. Yeah, it's not the kind of place you let a kid walk around. She said that even if she was twenty-two years old, she would be rightfully scared. To be in Mm -hmm. that neighborhood. Because she said that she could have been snatched up. Mm -hmm. She could have been taken advantage of. Yeah. Anybody could have grabbed her because she's only two feet something Nobody's watching her. Nobody's caring for her. 40 pounds. Yeah. She's been abandoned. It's like, it's like a, like a stray puppy out there. Mm -hmm. You know? Or a stray kitten. Yeah. Exactly. Like legit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then we find out that while Natalia was living her, her, there, her electricity got shut off. Yeah. So... We get a series of text exchange from Michael and Christine where Michael's mm-hmm. saying, like, hey, you never gave me the information for her bills, so she's been without electricity for three days. Yeah. The, the reason why there's a series of text messages, though, is because... Oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, my It's bad. not text messages. I keep forgetting. They're doing all this through Facebook. Oh. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, web web messenger. Who does that? Or WhatsApp? Is or... it just us? Are we not doing that? It's <laughs> it says yeah, it's like Facebook Messenger or whatever. That's how they're texting. That's each how other? they're communicating with each oh other. Because at the bottom left, it has like the date and it says who to and from, and it says through social media, Facebook, and then all the detectives oh. and stuff are saying that they got all this off of Facebook. When they subpoenaed her Facebook account. When they huh? subpoenaed her Facebook account. Oh my God, people. Okay. I thought I was old and behind the times, but. <laughs> you know, they did say, yeah, not. that Christine had did not know how to technology oh, works. We'll get but... into that later because that part's <laughs> gross. But anyway. So then we get it during in that text message, or not text, Facebook exchange. <laughs> Messages exchange. Christine also says. Give her her food card and wipe all her contacts so she can't call Heather again. And it's like, I had to check the date on that because that's what they did when she was living at Westfield. Westfield, yeah. So it's like they're doing it again? 
Yeah. Well, like, didn't they say that she didn't have her phone? Like they took her phone and away. And that was part of the issue. They just took her phone away. And somebody called DFS or DCS or mm-hmm. somebody called Heather or something like yeah. that. And they got in trouble. So they were like, okay, give her her phone give back. Give her her phone, because but wipe all the contacts. Because she didn't have any way of calling for help. Mm-hmm. They took away her phone. There wasn't a landline installed in this apartment, right. they said. So she had no means of calling for help in any shape or form. And so... Uh, Beth Kerr said that they got in trouble for that, and so they had to give back the phone to Natalia. Right. What? What? I mean. Yeah. It's just crazy. These people. It, I know. They were just trying to get rid of her. They just were trying to, like, push her out, deal with it on your own. Jeez. So then one day. One day. Michael gets a call from the GED, GED Center. GED Center. Oh, that's two blocks from her house? Yes, that she signed up to take classes and she's been going to. And so they call and say, Natalia, quit showing up. Mm-hmm. And so he said they're freaking out, calling around trying to figure out what happened to her. And are they in Canada at this point? They're in Canada at this point. Canada at this point. Yeah. Okay, so they have uh, fled the country. Right, they fled the country. <laughs> they, they're in Waterloo, Canada for <laughs> Jacob's master degree. Right, exactly. And so eventually they do find her. Um, and she has moved in with a woman named Cynthia Manns. Yeah, Cynthia Mann, which is the family that Natalia currently lives with today, right? Yes. Cynthia and Antoine Manns. Yes. Yeah. And so now Michael calls. He called Human Services to do a welfare check on Natalia, an adult welfare check, okay. to find out what who these people are and what's going on. And uh-huh. because it's kind of like I don't, I like totally am on his side for this one, his mm-hmm. side, yeah. because. I mean, it's a little scary. It's exactly what we've been saying. Like, who knows can, who can snatch her up? This is what Kenna was saying. This is exactly <laughs> what Kenna was saying. Yeah. Like, you just, like, she is just thrown to the wolves here. And yeah. are these wolves? You know? We, don't know. we yeah. don't know. And so he does, like, a welfare check and he finds that two things have happened. Well, three things. She's moved in to Cynthia Mann's house okay. with her family. Yeah. And that... Um, they took her to the grocery store and now all the money on her food court card is gone. Yeah. The, he said there was $500 on her food stamp card. Yeah. And it's been wiped clean. Wiped clean. Mm-hmm. And that he, he said a week later, he quit getting, he got a letter from social security saying that Natalia went to the social security office and uh-huh. signed all her checks over to Cynthia Manns now. Yeah. So that I, uh, okay. I'm trying to root for the Manns right now. Mm-hmm. But I find this very, 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 very sus. Right. Like, I understand that, you know, Natalia is, you know, in the situation that mm -hmm. she's in. However, you don't know the people that she's connected with. Right. Like, just to to take somebody in like that. I know. I think would be kind of scary and risky and, and dangerous. It is, yeah. I mean, what if she really did pull knives on Christine? What right. if some of the stories are true that, yeah. that they were saying about her? Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, obviously at this point she does have, I mean, they've been saying from the beginning that she has some uh, behavioral issues, which yeah. she's gonna, I mean, she's been through a lot of... Well, yeah, like what she's been through. Yeah, so I mean, she's gonna have some behavioral issues. Yeah. And so, like, it's on the one hand, it's super admirable for someone to want to just take her in. Yeah. You know, and on yeah. the other hand, that's not really something people do. So you're like, why are you deciding to just take her in? Well, Especially since you took all her money so fast. That's what I'm thinking. Since they spent $500 of her food stamp card right away, mm-hmm. 
And what did Cynthia Mann say on the phone to, uh, was it Davenport or yeah, one of the detectives? She's like, I took her to the store and we got her some chicken. Right. I cooked real good for her. And I'm like, you spent $500 and all she got was like a yeah, little. Yeah, like it was a, a little. A little chicken dinner. Weird. Because you know? we do. Then Detective Davenport comes on the case. And yeah. this guy's kind of a badass. Detective yeah, I like, yeah, I like Davenport. Yeah, I like Davenport a lot. And so he calls Cynthia Mann mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, so what's up? You know, like yeah. what is going on? Yeah. And so Cynthia tells him that like, yeah, they, they just left her in that apartment that she could barely get in and out of. She had no electricity, no food. He, she's like, so she lives with us now. But Davenport calls five years later, right? Was that five years later? Yeah, because on the oh. phone, he's like, how long has Natalia oh, been with you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, she's been with us for five, five years, years now. And, yeah. And he asked, well, did you try to adopt her? And she said, yes, we tried to do legal guardianship and the courts denied, denied it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if she said And why, they don't really but... say why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they did try to get legal guardianship of Natalia yeah. and got denied. Yeah. So. And the funny story is, is the man's. Antoine is a bishop. Mm-hmm. That's not the funny part. But the funny part is, is uh, I guess they're used to taking in children. Yeah. Like they How adopt many kids children. did she say she had? It was a oh, lot. Oh, I can't remember. And I'm not sure if they're like foster children or children that they... More people like Natalia. More people like Natalia. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I do know they kept saying, you know, Bishop Antoine or Bishop right. Man. And and which, so they were churchy people, is, right. is, is my point. And so I think the Which whole... leads you to believe, like, hope. Maybe they are doing this out of the kindness yeah. of their heart. You know, maybe they just yeah. are good people. And But then at the same time, we also hear plenty of stories where people hide behind the shield of that, yeah. the church, and uh-huh. doing good things in order to do bad things to people. Like using up all of her five hundred dollars of her of her um food stamp and getting their social I don't know security why. signed over. I, I'm thinking if it was like a hundred dollars, maybe two, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so shocked. But the fact that it was five hundred dollars mm-hmm. and they spent it all mm-hmm. in a matter of like a couple of days yeah. of, of you know allowing her to move in, it just seems very like she can't eat that much food. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. but then later they did well, say. Well, I wonder too how you would feel if you knew how much her social security check was. Oh, You yeah, know, because they got no that idea. signed over to her. I'm sure it was week. more than $500. Oh yeah, within a week. And, and this is why I was also sus of the mans. Mm-hmm. They were subletting Natalia's apartment, which is a big no-no. Right. And they were collecting the money. Right. From that apartment, That's and Michael right. Barnett said that the apartment found out that they were subletting it, and kicked her out. Right. So here he is in Canada. She got evicted. Yeah, she got evicted. So here they are in Canada trying to figure out what's going on with Natalia. She moved in with the Mans. They're taking all her money plus subletting, and got her kicked out. So if something happens with the Mans, now she has nowhere to go. She has nowhere to go. And no money. And no money. And mm-hmm. no food stamps. And it's just like. Wow, all of that happened so fast with the man's. Mm-hmm. It just, oh, it just was like, what are you doing? Yeah. It, it like, just, who are you? It sends some big red flags up. Yeah. That you're just like really worried for Natalia I mean, I was trying, yeah, I'm trying to be objective, but I'm also like following the facts. Really hope it holding on to that hope that yeah. they're good people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so then we hear from Michael that him and Christine have divorced. 
Shocker. And that it's a rough and ugly divorce. Oh, even more shocker. And that she kept the boys. Of course. But, he signed over custody. Yeah. But now, uh, Michael and Jacob live back in Indiana. Indiana. Together, together. right? Yeah. yeah. At this point, where we are, I think this was like 2022. 2022, yes. Then we get a recording of Michael talking to De- Detective Davenport, Um because he's doing this investigation, he called Cynthia Mann. Now he's trying to get some information. And he tells Michael, like, hey, I don't believe she's 30 years old now at this point. Yeah. You know, like, I just don't. So yeah. tell me, you know, the truth. Start telling me the truth about mm-hmm. what what happened with this little girl. And he asked Michael a series of questions. And one of them is, how old do you really genuinely believe Natalia is mm-hmm. and Michael says well if I'm being honest I'd say she's like 2022 20, yeah he said at this point on this day mm-hmm. I think she's 2022 20, um, um this was six years after moving to Westfield uh-huh. so that means she would have been 16 by Michael's estimation in Westfield and it goes over to Beth Karras which is awesome yeah and Beth Karras is like okay he just admitted it. He admitted it. He admitted it that she was not a child. Yeah, or he said he, he knows she wasn't a child at that time. Or he didn't think he, she was a, 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 a child. He admitted that when they put her in Westfield, she was 16 years old, which mm-hmm. is not of legal age. No. To live by yourself. Definitely no. not 22 years old. No. So, oh. Michael, yeah. It's Michael like Barnett. he admitted it. But then you had a good point before where you said that he admitted that that's what he thinks now. It might not necessarily be what he believed at that time. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, those tricky, mm-hmm. like, if you listen to every single word and analyze right. it, he said, right here, right now, this day, I would believe she's twenty twenty two. So, yes, he did admit it. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if I was being, you know, fair, I could say, well, what did he believe she was when they moved him in, moved her into Westfield? Right. I don't think it really mattered because he was going with what Christine wanted to do. Right. I think Christine ruled the house, ruled the, ruled everything. And that's kind of what Michael starts to tell that da- detective Davenport mm-hmm. is that Christine was the criminal mastermind in all this. Like, yeah. like a Disney villain. She was just like the one re- controlling everything. And Beth Karras mentioned something that was awesome. Beth Karras is like detective Davenport's doing this thing where, you know, they're like, Hey, we're on your side. We want to get your side of the story, but really they want to go after Christine. Yeah. And so he's trying to like be friends, like quote unquote friends with Michael to get him to open up. And I just thought that was awesome. He has that whole like, that's fascinating. Tell me more, (laughs) you know, type of attitude. (laughs) Like, I'm not here for you, Michael, but let's see what we can get on Christine. And Beth Karras is like, oh my God, he's just like uh, playing him, playing him. Yeah. Um, And Michael's just falling for it. And this is where Michael starts to tell us about some of the abuse that he did witness that Natalia was oh, under. Yeah. And one of them is we get the video of her standing against the wall, yeah. which is like really heartbreaking because in the video, she says it's only like two minutes long. Yeah. But you can see Natalia, poor little Natalia in all these videos is like rubbing her back. Yeah, she keeps like reaching around and trying to like grab her hips or her lower back. Yeah. And... and it's kind of like right where she bends, like where her dwarfism yeah. and she's kind of hunched yeah. a little bit. 
and and Christine like mocks her at one point Ugh, where she's recording herself doing this and she's like you've only been on that wall for two minutes are you telling me it hurts that much and Natalia is like yeah and she's like well doesn't matter you're not done get back on the wall yeah you gotta do your time on the wall and it's like and then but then Michael comes in and says that that's not true it wasn't like a two minute thing like he would come home from work and and Christine would be really angry with Natalia mm-hmm. and say like she had been put there at 10 a.m. Yeah. And was made to stay there all day while he was at work. And then all night while they were eating dinner. And watching a movie. And, and watching everything. a movie and yeah. living the happy Rockwell life that he claimed to have. And yeah. then going to bed and she'd still be on the wall the whole time. And at the and also she had soiled and defecated mm-hmm. on herself because right. she had to stay on the wall. Which makes you wonder about the points where they were making such a big deal about Natalia would, you know urinate in inappropriate places mm-hmm. and inappropriate times and it's like did she or were you guys just making her stand on the wall and that's why she was peeing herself all the time yeah i mean if you, you can't know? you know release your bodily functions like go to the bathroom when you need to that screws up your bladder system right and then michael says that he witnessed three separate occasions mm-hmm. of yeah. watching christine beat natalia beat the holy hell yeah is what he said like really beat her and did nothing and did nothing he said that he was afraid he didn't mm-hmm. know what to do but he's he would see christine like he, wailing on this little of girl of course he did the the dramatic enactment is yeah that, that, oh yeah you gotta watch it guys yeah tots T- <laughs> i don't know they you prob- gotta watch it they tots. probably don't like tots but yeah like, he gets on the floor and he, and he starts just starts punching, punching the, floor. the floor and i think he hurt his hand yeah because he goes which, ow good yeah you know and he said that that was what he would witness Christine happening to natalia happening to so how do you i mean and he wouldn't step in because he was so afraid of christine yeah and, and he didn't know what to do and, and he, he said he scared. tried to record it but didn't he but christine made him delete the phone but whatever if any of that was true and then i don't know i can because we, we had this conversation with another case too where the kind of basically the same thing happened uh-huh. this guy witnessed a little girl just get like severely beaten in his household yeah it was supposed to be his daughter just like yeah. michael and you just stand there? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I, like, it's, I don't want to maybe minimize his abuse in the situation because I do believe Michael Burnett is a victim of domestic violence as well from Christine. Absolutely. But at the same yeah. time, I feel like if you're witnessing, if you are a grown ass adult witnessing a small child with special needs mm-hmm. get, what did he say? Uh, get beat. Yeah, but he said kick the holy hell out yeah, of her. Yeah, beat the holy hell like, out of her. You need to step in. At some point, you become partially responsible for that beating. Yeah. You know, like if that's your child, well, your wife, your house. Yeah, and it wasn't just on one occasion. I can see, okay. No, he said there were three. Yeah, I can see one time. I can mm-hmm. see being really, Being so shocked. Being shocked, being your afraid. Your fight or flight takes over and you just, yeah. like, your brain freezes. Yeah, okay. and maybe the second time, like, oh, okay. You Get know. it together. But on the third time, I'm thinking... You, You've made the some, active choice to go allow on. it to happen. Yeah, and Which I mean, makes you just as equally irresponsible. And I want to I ask him the question of, if Christine was doing this to one of your sons... Right, would you step in? Because he's so like, I love my sons. I want yeah. to see my sons, you know. 
his own biological children. Yeah. If this was happening to one of the boys. Would he step in? Would you also just stand there and be like, well, I'm a victim. Yeah. I'm the victim here. You hear it. You hear it all the time. You, you hear it and you see it in these kind of like true crime cases and these, you know, domestic violent cases with. Dumb. We were talking about this other day, the other day too, where it's like, I feel like there's just such a strong push, like people victim blame victim blame so much and i don't know if it's new or if it's just something i'm noticing more i think it's to escape accountability and responsibility right but like and maybe it's because i haven't like really i've never been much of a social media person and i'm on there more now but i'm like reading the comments and just hearing people talk and it's like and over different cases i've talked to people over the last few years like Mm -hmm. it just people victim blame so much and it just really shocks me You know, like how often the victims get blamed for their abuse. I thought we were getting past that. I did too. With with the whole Me Too movement. Yeah. Or just like in general, like life in general. Like I thought people were just getting better. Well, for me, I think the hashtag Me Too was Mm -hmm. starting that. Mm -hmm. And then we had, you you know, the, the Floyd... Right. Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like we were shifting away from blaming the victim. Stop blaming victims for the violence that's committed against them. Yeah. And now it seems like we're shifting back to where we were. Doesn't it? And and taking another step back. Right. It's so weird. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just like in our country if if this is our Mm, perspective and American culture thing. American culture. Or if this is happening like, you know, in other I don't know. It's definitely weird. And and you're right. I've seen an an uptick in victim blaming. And I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. I don't understand. But I'm hoping, you know, that it goes away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm hoping it goes back to where we were having a solid foundation of not victim blaming and, right. and understanding that trying to yeah be on the victim side and getting both sides of the story and, and and that's why even like during this like i try and remember like okay yes michael burnett is a victim of domestic violence as well you know yes. and yeah you know the kids like jacob some of the stuff he says like yes he is also was a child and a victim as well and so it's like you know, you don't want to be too hard on people because, like, Natalia, some of the stuff that she did, you know, she was a victim. And so you're going to act out and do different things based on that. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it's 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 hard to draw that line of, like, where do you let people be victims and where do you hold them accountable? Like, the Michael Barnett watching Christine beat the holy hell out of Natalia. Yeah. Like, at what point do you say okay, he's a victim, he's freezing, and he's a grown-ass adult, and he needs to step in and, and save that child. And this is why I think the line is so squiggly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it, it goes back and forth. Right. It can go, Michael's also a victim, but then he did this. Yeah. But then he, you know, he was treated by Christine this way, but then right. uh, Natalia, and then he's right. a, a grown-ass man, he should take responsibility, and he signed up for this, Natalia didn't, and mm-hmm. then... It's, you know, so it, it literally goes back and forth. And I think maybe in people's minds, it's just easier to pick a side and then yeah. go with it. It's so much easier to be black and white in things like just yeah. yes or no, good, bad. And I wanted to point that out, too, because later in the story, Jacob says something about that. Because when they're talking about his mom and I think he brings up a really good point that need that we say mm-hmm. sometimes is he says he's trying to be really careful because he, while he recognizes that his mom did some 
bad things, it doesn't make her a bad person. Yeah. And I think that is exactly what we're trying to say here. Like and he, he makes a really good point. There. And didn't he, he didn't want to keep continuously dragging down her character. Right. But he also doesn't want to hurt anybody. Right. And he realizes that that's just not a Maybe realistic. Maybe not going to be possible. Yeah. That, that and, is not possible. And I think it's fair because like nobody is all bad. And nobody is all good. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I, I, I can see what you're saying. Good people do bad things and bad people do good things. That's true. Just because a good person does something bad doesn't make them this, like, horrible, evil, throwaway, trash person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just Although be- some people would agree <laughs> that they should be thrown away and trash people. And I think it, it really bothers me, like with things like cancel culture and stuff like that and i get it like how why it's evolved to what What's it a is cancel culture cancel culture uh-oh cancel culture is i don't know what cancel you culture. don't know what cancel you know culture i'm is? not an internet person oh my goodness okay i barely so... know how to work youtube <laughs> you know so cancel culture is the whole idea of recovering something bad that was said or done by someone in canceling them so give me an example uh, okay a good example would be bill cosby oh is canceled exactly he's canceled right he's done done. we don't want to see anything more from him we don't want to see his tv shows we don't want to hear about him we don't care what he has to say he can just go away and just not exist anywhere ever no done Canceled. Okay. Canceled. Canceled. Oh, okay. Right? And uh, besides the Cosby supporters, of course. Right. Like his friends and family or whatever. Right. But, but as far as the but general the majority. society, yeah. he's okay. canceled. He is canceled. Like nobody would go to him and say, hey, let's do another sitcom. Right. Because <laughs> no one would watch it. Exactly. Okay, got it. And so that's cancel culture. But it gets kind of extreme sometimes. Okay. And, yeah. and sometimes I think it is like justified and valid. Like some of the stuff that people get can't quote canceled over. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that as well. Like I'll watch people and I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to watch that movie because it has this actor in it or whatever. And he said yeah. that thing. And so I hate him. Like yeah. I'm guilty of that yeah. as well. You're really big on that. I am really big on that. I will admit like I, and I'm like, I don't remember. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have my list of people. People who I'm just not interested because every time I see them, I see that thing they said. And I I get it. That's not fair. I personally, like, I don't know how other people I think are fine maybe with cancel culture and some people hate it. And I think it really depends on what it was that happened. Case by case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But. I know. I can't imagine the things that I have said 10 years ago. (laughs) I know. Because I have grown so much in 10. Well, some people would probably not think so, but. I think as a as a person and mm-hmm. trying to find myself and everything. Right. And I think that's why it bothers you know, me too cuz like it doesn't you leave learn. any right. It doesn't yeah. leave any room for people to grow and change as human beings. Yeah. You know, like and it's hard because like we've seen so many like fake apologies from celebrities that nobody wants to hear it anymore. So yeah. that's where it kind of comes from like oh we'll just cancel you cuz you probably are lying in your apology anyway. Yeah. And so but at the same time, like, people make mistakes, people change, people come beca- become better people. I don't necessarily know that some of the stuff people get canceled for should end their careers and their lives forever and ever. But, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying with cancel culture. Yeah. Oh, I learned something today. Oh, nice. Yay. Yay. So 10 Learning. years from now, I can be like, I know what cancel culture the is. The more you know. The more, Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, back to the... 
Natalia Grace. Okay. So coming back, pulling ourselves back from that little. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. back to the story. Um, this might be a good time to mention that when they were interviewing Jacob Barnett, he uh, told a story about some of the abuse that he witnessed or was a part of that he was a part of yes mm-hmm. and he said that natalia would frequently soil mm-hmm. things like like pee on the couch pee in the clothes it, it didn't matter where she was i guess you know she would i don't, I don't inappropriate remember. places inappropriate places mm-hmm. and he said christine his mom told him that a therapist told her to have one of the kids uh pee in her bed and pee all over her things. Natalia's bed. Yeah, pee all over Natalia's bed and I shouldn't say pee, urinate on Natalia's bed and all over her things to what did he say, teach her a lesson? Yeah, to kind of like show her like that'll show you. Yeah. This is what you're doing to us, now we're doing it back to you. And Jacob said at the time, he was like what, 11, 12? Yeah. He said that when his mom told him that, of course he believed her Mm -hmm. and he did it. He was all for it. He said that when he was urinating on Natalia's bed, he remembers being angry Mm -hmm. and thinking yeah, this will get you back. This will show you to stop urinating everywhere. And it was Christine. It was Mm -hmm. Christine that told him this. And now that he is, I don't remember how old he is now. Mm -hmm. He says that he is reflected back on that. He's done some growing and and thinking about it. And he realizes like wholeheartedly it was 100% wrong. It's kind of like we were saying, like he has grown as a person mm -hmm. and changed who he is. And he said no therapist, Mm -hmm. no reputable therapist would would say something like that. And he said if they did, they would get their license revoked. Yeah. And he said that he's very apologetic and he hopes he, Natalia he sees it. directly to the camera to yeah. Natalia apologizing. And he said he wants her to know that he feels horrible uh-huh. for his part in any of it. And, and he did say Natalia was not treated well. Yeah. He said that Natalia was treated like a hostile agent. Yeah. like Because it, Christine thinks that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. believe who she was. And so, yeah, I think it goes to show, too, kind of like we were saying that, you know, just the environment in that house yeah. was very like... Like, Natalia's the enemy. Everybody attack her. Yeah. Was kind of this, like, well, and environment. Chris- and Christine in the house. was the leader of that. Mm-hmm. You know, leader of, of, of this regime. Christine and <laughs> Michael, I don't believe that he is completely innocent in all this. I don't think he's completely innocent. However, I do think that he tried to help mm-hmm. when he could. Because remember, I told you, Christine said when that when she had Natalia on the wall one of the first things she told Michael was, don't you help her? Yeah, don't you help her. Don't you talk to her and Mm -hmm. don't you help her? Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, I think there was times where he did try to help her. Yeah. Like we said, like when she was outside. But but I I thought that was very uh, commendable on Jacob's part. Yeah, I did too. Because that took a lot of... Yeah, I had... A lot of maturity. For, yeah. Yeah, a lot of respect for Jacob for saying that. A lot of maturity, like you said. Yeah, and yeah. And so during this interview between Detective Davenport and Michael, where we're getting kind of all this information and the recording, Uh uh, and during calls later, Michael just wants to make it very clear to Davenport that he is willing to do anything he has to to throw Christine under the bus in order to save himself. Yeah, because at this point they're divorced, Mm -hmm. and she has custody of his sons. Mm -hmm. 
So he's like, and yeah. And he's facing child abuse and neglect charges. Child abuse and neglect charges. So yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm all in. Let's get Christine. And Beth Karras brings that up. The fact that all this is going on. Can we believe anything that's coming? Because right now, Michael's kind of our only source of information because Christine's mm-hmm. not talking. Yeah, at know? all. And we get, at all. And we're not hearing from Natalia yet, but she's, you know, talking to the courts and everything. Uh-huh. And so she says, you know, can we believe anything he's saying or is he just trying to save his own bacon? Yeah. And that's and, a very good point with from Beth Karras because mm-hmm. he does change his story. So it's like not that I'm saying that people that change their story is always lying. But it is a red flag. But it is a red flag. And with his um, character. Mm hmm. It, it's not credible and it is again pretty sus behavior yeah. for him that's it, why i'm saying it's like it's like not credible yeah it's not credible because it's like uh, well are you just saying all this now because you want christine to take all the fall and you don't want to take any accountability for your part in all this yeah you know which i could totally see on on michael's behalf like i don't want to get in trouble let's put it on christine christine right. was the the initiator anyway mm-hmm. or maybe he really does feel like in his gut that he didn't do anything wrong because he was a victim of domestic violence by christine i think there is a little bit of that <clears throat> like yeah. he truly honestly believes like if you put him in a lie detector test he would say no i i am not the bad guy here christine is we like he said we were all abused by yeah. christine yeah yeah so it could very well it, could be it could be something like that yeah it very well <clears throat> could be yeah but then he says something at the end of the conversation with Daport that kind of goes into what you were saying, too, where he's like, can you or will you tell me if Natalia ever said that I abused her? That I physically harmed her. Or did she say that I tried to intervene and stop and help her from yeah. being beaten? Did I try and stop the abuse? Yeah. And <laughs> Davenport, the badass he is, he yeah. makes this comment where he's like, well, tell me, Michael, did you do anything? And he he's goes, like, did you abuse her? Yeah. Michael's like, no, I no. didn't. And he's like, well, then you have nothing to worry about, do you? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah, know. I'm not going to tell you either way. And, and he's, he's like, like oh, I'm not going to tell you either way anyways. And he, mm. yeah, he was like, if Natalia says that, then she shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. If you didn't harm her, then, then she yeah. shouldn't say it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was, was that Davenport? Yeah, that was Davenport. Oh my God. That was awesome. That. Yeah. I thought it was pretty awesome. <laughs> So at the end of this episode is kind of a key thing that happens is the producers are pushing Jacob to talk about his mom and he he can't take it. So he's like, I need a break. He goes upstairs to go talk to his dad. Oh he goes upstairs gosh. to talk to Michael. Okay, listen to this, everyone. And so he goes up there and he does not realize that his mic is still hot. Which means it's on, right? It's on. It's yeah. recording. They hear everything they say. And so they go up there and Michael and Jacob immediately start talking about like, Okay, well, I'm. I didn't tell them about that one thing, and I didn't tell them about kicking her down the stairs. Did he say kicking her or throwing her? Kicking her. I'm pretty. He yeah, I'm pretty sure he her? said kicking her. Oh my god. Yeah. And Michael's like, oh yeah, yeah. We we said we weren't going to talk about that. That was one of the things we're not going to talk about. Oh, you know. Yeah. And and he's like, well, you know. And then he goes on to say more of like, you. Oh, I'm trying to hope maybe mom can be redeemed and blah blah blah. And Michael blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden he's like. Oh, my mic's still on. He's like, my mic is still on. And then they cut the episode yeah. right there. End it. And then the next episode, they start with that same scene mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, my mic is on. And Michael Barnett's like, 
that's okay. They probably can't hear us anyway. I know, yeah. And it's like, are you kidding like, me? I'm talking too low. They can't hear me. Yeah, and then they're like, well, let's let's figure out how to turn this off. Can yeah, you know. find out how to turn this oh, off? Like and the then, Stooges. I know. Yeah. And the crew's like, oh, okay, we're ready for you. I you know, know, before they figure out how to turn it off. And they're like, okay. It was funny. Oh, my God. They, so they admitted. So they admitted that like, they, they admitted two things. They admitted that they were actively being violent against Natalia as uh-huh. a family. And they admitted that they are choosing to lie or keep information away in order to make themselves look better. Yeah. So then Michael starts telling us, like, going on and on about how much a victim he is and everything about the divorce and all this stuff. And which is, I don't think any of it's really that relevant, except for... He brings up that Christine started pointing out to the courts that Michael was a danger to the children, and the children were now sleeping with knives under their beds in order to feel safe. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, so when your kids are doing it, it's to feel safe. But when Natalia was doing it, it's because she's a sociopath. Yeah. So which is it? Yeah, I thought that was very sus. Like, oh, the boys are trying to stay safe, but what's Natalia trying to do? Yeah. She's trying to be from the orphan movie. Which, right. Which is so not true. Yeah, the orphan movie. Well, it wasn't there, but I suspect it's not true. So then now we come back to get Beth Karras, and she's telling us that a lot of the legal ramifications that the Barnetts are facing are due to Natalia's age discrepancy. So she they're facing two separate charges. Okay. One is based on a child being neglected and abused. And one is being based on an adult dependent being neglected and abused. And the adult dependent one is because of her disability. Right. Her disability and they're receiving social security benefits from her in order to take care of her. So then we find out that now the judge has determined that her age will not be an issue in this case. And so anything age related has to be dropped. Which is... Sus. Yeah, because that means when they're going into court... Mm-hmm. On these charges against Christine and Michael Barnett. Right. It's not of child abuse mm-hmm. or child neglect. No. It's for adult. Dependent. Dependent so, abuse and neglect. Alleged abuse and neglect. So all Michael's and Christine's lawyers have to prove is that she was able to care for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is where they were looking at that video. This is why they had all that video. Of her hauling in the garbage can. Which makes it suspicious that they even had that video in the first place. It's yeah. like they were trying to, I mean, that was from years, 10 years beforehand. So it's like, why did you take that video in the first place? It's like, you knew you were doing wrong. Otherwise, I don't have video of random crap that happens in my life because why? Yeah. You know, you take video of something because it's significant. Oh, my God. Next week on Garbage Day, I want you to record me <laughs> taking the garbage <laughs> cans out and see if I struggle at all. I, I <laughs> see if I have, like, bad posture. Or, <laughs> so, in, <laughs> so in the future, when I can be like, oh, look, see, she took the garbage out all by herself. And you know what that means? She's completely capable of taking care of herself in every way an adult would. Yes. That's what that means. Okay. She took a garbage can out. So, you know, she can completely bathe herself, feed herself pay her bills and taxes wash her have clothes a, have a pro- wash her clothes have appropriate relationships with peers and neighbors you know know how to keep herself st- safe from stranger danger make you know good choices that relate to her future as far yes. as like credit and jobs and schooling mm-hmm. yes. she can make all the she can do all that because she can walk a garbage can out to the street yes yep yes so i want you to record me 
And then we can prove that I am an adult. Yep, exactly. I'm a full-fledged... That's all I need. Self... Uh, self... Sufficient adult. Self-sufficient adult, yep. Adult. Because <laughs> you can take a garbage can to the street. And recycle, not just the garbage can. <laughs> yeah. And the recycle bin. And the recycle bin. Yeah, yep. so there's two bins. So that's... I know, so you're extra adult. So I'm like double. You're oh, like I'm super... extra, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm extra. You are extra. That's for sure. I, I'm. You're an extra adult. Yeah, oh, yeah I know I'm extra. Oh, okay, sorry. let's move We on. love you anyway. The tots love you. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that name. They're probably going to be like, I'm not. I unsubscribe. It's really. <laughs> They're going to be like, I don't want to be called I a tot. Unsubscri- you. Yeah, I unfriend you. Yeah. I'm unsubscribing. These I'm... two chicks are whack or it's whatever. Really... <laughs> whack i don't know that's what christine called the network your network yeah your network is whack yeah okay okay so this is where we get an interesting little interaction i wanted to include between mark nicholson and dr joseph bellows who's mark nicholson mark nicholson is christine barnett's lawyer oh dr joseph i know dr joseph bellows oh no i'm sorry bellflower bellflower reading it wrong uh, Bellflower. I would like to point out that that paragraph does not start with so. Mm-hmm. but That's true. Dr. Bellflower, Bellflower is a specialist in spinal deformity. And so he saw Natalia back in 2010 mm-hmm. for her condition. Mm-hmm. And she he makes it very clear to Mark Nicholson that at the time of service that Dr. Bellflower performed on Natalia, uh-huh. she was a child. And how does he know that she was a child? Because he is a spinal deformity expert. And he said that her growth plates were still open. On the x-rays, huh? Yeah. Yeah, like he took x-rays and found that her growth plates were still open. Yes, and that only happens in children. Yeah, because he... Yeah. And with adults, their growth plates are no longer open. You're not growing. And so he looked at Mark, because Mark Nicholson started to argue with him. And he said, sir... Your growth plates are not open. It does not happen in adults. Yeah. And so Mark Nicholson makes it a point to Dr. Bellflower that it doesn't matter his medical opinion because the judge has already ruled that Natalia is an adult at this time. Legally at age 22. So that's the only thing they're interested. And so Bellflower says, so you're not interested in the truth. Yeah. You're just interested in what you've come up with legally. The legal the the legal facts. Mm-hmm. And ooh, that set Mr. What's his he, name? Mark Nicholson. That set Mr. Mark Nicholson on a rampage. Yeah, he was pissed. So do you think that he's a little... Guilty. Uh-huh. Like, he knows. He got so mad because he got called out. Bellflower's correct. Yeah, and like, Bellflower didn't say it, like, in, in a... No, he was, it was just a louder. matter of fact. And uh, Nicholson got re- kind of loud. He mm-hmm. was like, let me tell you the truth, doctor. That I'm yeah. offended by that. Yeah. I am interested. And then the Which other... Which he's not. I mean, he got called out and it he was awesome. Out. Yeah. And then the other the other attorney, I think it was the prosecutor, was like, hold on. We don't need to argue. And he's like, no, no. I yeah. want Mr. Bellflower to know. And it was like, dude. Yeah. It was it was pretty badass You're on showing your true colors on this case. Mm-hmm. And actually, Mr. Bellflower was correct. You're yeah, not, he was it, correct. And you're not interested in that they were basically forcing him to lie in uh-huh. court in order to make it it reminds me of um the liar liar 
when he was like, I object. And he's the the judge is like, why? And Jim Carrey's like, because it's really damaging to my case. (laughs) It was kind of like the whole same vibe right there. (laughs) Well, and and I think it's important to point out that when he wasn't allowed to talk about how Natalia was a child, when he treated her, even though she wasn't legally re-aged at that point yet. Right. In this deposition or whatever, he had to say she's a person. Right. That's what they kept pointing. And then we kind of get to, like, the next part where Michael's lawyers are talking to Michael, and they're doing that same thing, where they're trying to coach Michael into Mm -hmm. saying, stop saying my daughter, and just kind of refer to her as a person or yeah. as an adult. Because a if you say... A 22-year-old person. Right. Because if you say my daughter, my adopted daughter, it makes her sound like a child. So they're yeah. trying to coach him on how to talk in a way that makes Natalia sound older. Yeah. And they also try and coach him on how to smile and not look creepy. I know. That was <laughs> kind of weird. But then we hear from Michael's lawyers after Michael leaves that... Michael is facing a level three felony that could mean 16 years in prison. Yeah. And he said, he said, Michael would not do well in prison. Mm-mm. And so uh, his lawyer said that he's kind of freaking out because if he loses this case for Michael, ch- ch- good chances of him going to prison. Yeah. He will be spending prison time. Yeah. He said if he loses. So. Yeah. So it's the end of that episode. So episode six opens with Michael Burnett talking about himself and what a victim he is and how upset he is that he might be going to jail for his part in the child abuse. Okay. Okay. And then I thought it was just kind of funny. I only bring it up because he was like swinging a baseball bat and holding it and stuff. And at one point he chucks it across the yard. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like really hard. (laughs) And then he says... He apologizes and says he's a thrower when he gets mad. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, sorry, I throw things when I get mad. Like talking to the camera crew. Right. And I thought, well, maybe that's not the best thing for you to say and do while you're on trial for a child abuse and neglect case. Well, not child abuse. Adult abuse. Wasn't it? That's true. Well, they did drop the child charges, the minor. but, But you're right. And so I'm thinking now... Did he throw Natalia down the stairs? I know. And like all this other kind of stuff. Cause he's yeah. like, oh, I throw things when I'm mad. Okay. Like, so you have a violent reaction when you're angry or frustrated. Yeah. Because I, I mean, well, okay. Okay. To mm-hmm. be objective. Okay. I think I'm not going to say we all, because I don't know everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot, a lot of people, mm-hmm. including myself, will throw things. Not necessarily a bat. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I've gone to my desk and thrown my pen down Mm. and been like, son of a mother, you know? Um, Well, that's like... But that doesn't happen, like, very often either. Yeah, that's true. And that's only when I'm extremely mad. Yeah. Well, that's like those... And that's all Anger I do. rooms, you know? Those, yeah. like, where you go in and break stuff. Yeah, like on Thousand Pound Sisters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just went in. I have zero <laughs> desire to do that. Oh, really? I just, and I always have. I'm just not a violent, like, you would think I am because, mm-hmm. like, I get so passionate. Like, even just listening to this yeah. podcast, you could probably, like, that's probably shocking for some people. But I'm just not, like, the idea of taking a baseball bat and, like, breaking a TV, I have zero desire to do that. Okay, I don't want to break a TV, mm-hmm. but there is something about breaking glass mm. that is so satisfying. And I guess I just, every time I see it, I just think of the mess it's going to be to clean up. Well, but you don't have to clean it up. You're at the... That's all I can think about. You're at, you're at the facile I, I know, where, where it's allowed. That's just, but that's what I hear. Like when you hear the sound of breaking glass, I think, oh, you're never going to get all that glass. 
that you're you gonna know. find it like that's what i think like i don't think i don't it doesn't feel nice to me yeah but, and i think for me because i'm such a i don't i don't want to say i'm a I don't think I'm a by the book person or a rule follower, mm -hmm. even though I tend to follow some rules mm -hmm. pretty strictly. But I think maybe because it's forbidden, like you mm. can't just go out and like throw glasses like you're or restraining yourself all yeah, the time. Unless you're at like a, a Greek wedding or something or, mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever those weddings are where they have the traditions where you break the glass. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe it's like that. Because maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can go. Okay. You can go to the yeah. break place. But I, I will say that I went to the axe throwing. Oh, I love axe throwing. Remember when we did the axe throwing? I am a boss at axe throwing. You were so good at that. I was so good. And I couldn't get my axe to stick for, for nothing. No. Like I kept sharpening it and sharpening it. And sharp I don't think I had the... No. I don't think I have the shoulder strength. It's not about shoulder strength. Oh. I think that's what people are getting wrong. It's not a, It's not about how hard well, you throw it. it. It's not. I don't know. It's just in like the flick of the wrist. It's just the oh, way you do it. Okay. It's like, it's technique. Well, I don't have the technique. And, and you, you do. You clearly did. Because oh, yeah. you were like spot on. Oh, boss. Getting it to stick like almost every time. Mm -hmm. And I would try like both arms, one arm, yep, you yep. know, all kinds of different stances. And it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't. Zombie I couldn't. apocalypse, I am ready. Okay. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll throw glasses at him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll cut him with a piece of glass. We'll Ugh. keep you with the baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so yeah, he said he was mad and he likes to throw things. And... Yeah, he likes to get violent when he's angry. He made that clear to us. That was weird. Yeah, that's weird. That was weird. Yeah. Was cool. uh, so, so this is another part that I just kind of wanted to bring up briefly. Okay. Uh, thought about leaving it out, but uh, Michael brings up that they found Freddie Gill when they were going through all of Christine's oh, yeah. Facebook uh, history. Yeah, because so what happened was is his lawyer subpoenaed mm -hmm. Christine's Facebook account, right. and Michael said that his lawyers told him to go through go it with through a it. fine fine tooth comb mm -hmm. to make sure that there isn't anything incriminating on him, and if there was, that the, you know they know they would know and figure mm -hmm. out how to deal with it. And, everything. and that's where we got a lot of the conversations, I guess. Yeah, the text him and messages, my, yeah, the and text stuff. messages, and so, uh, but he brings up Freddie Gill, which I guess Christine and him. We're having a bit of an online, you know, relationship. Yeah. Like, Freddie Gill said that Christine reached out to him because mm -hmm. Freddie Gill is a little person. Right. He, I only bring him up because he was talking about how after having a bit of a um, relationship with Christine online, Christine propositioned him to set him up with Natalia. What do you mean set him up? Like, like dating. Yeah. Like dating. Natalia. Yeah. And this So, was... like, kind of trafficking her? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I Yeah. I mean, just setting her up. I get, but she was a child. And Freddie, for his part, said, no. Hell no. No, 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 no. Like, he was instantly, re like, just disgusted and refused. Uh, so, Shut it all down. So, what would be Christine's point of this? Get rid of Natalia. So, like, to have him... Take her. Take her. So, it is trafficking. I guess, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. that is. Yeah. That's Offering disgusting. All, yeah, I know. Yeah. And so, that's kind of why I bring it up because... And she's so stupid to have that in writing. Right? Like, not writing, but... I know. I think people you know. forget on the internet. Like, you know, because the internet feels like such a personal place. I don't yeah. know why, but it just does. It feels like it's all happening 
in your head in your own Which little is world because it's called World Wide web it is <laughs> it's like it's basically the equivalent of like shouting it in the streets mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't feel that way so I think people kind of forget that this internet stuff like lives forever yeah you know and other people have access to it like you can't just delete it yeah you know <laughs> like apparently it's gonna, not it's yeah. gonna live there forever yeah so but i just wanted to bring up the freddie gill stuff because he's kind of like an unbiased third party yeah another one yeah like, another like one Kenna. yeah yeah so it's like you know like we have all these like is natalia lying is michael lying is christine lying is like what's going on you have, we have all the shady lawyers and like everything but freddie gill was kind of this like unbiased third party that yeah. was just, you know, being himself on the internet and doing whatever, you know, grown men do on the internet. Yeah. And, and he said, I just want to make sure to point this out, that Christine reached out to him. Right. So he was like living his daily life. Like, yes. Like a normal living person. Living his best life. Living yep. his best life. And then Christine was like, hey, you remember me? Yeah. And then started a series of conversations and then yes. blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting to point out in all this. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. And I can't believe that she didn't get brought on charges for just that just for that I, well because she's legally an adult you can set your friends up uh, yeah that's true that's just so it's horrifying the how the... can the courts really look at it like that though yeah i mean i don't know. i guess that's their job is to be the misjustice not misjustice but like to to look at the legal facts i guess i guess but i don't know. I, mm. I mean clearly clearly there's been an injustice for an Italia. I mean, clearly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, oh, I'm absolutely. not, I'm not saying like, not that I'm just saying, how are the courts? Like the courts were dumb to re-age her mm -hmm. on the first part, but just to overlook, I don't know. And then not correct their mistake in doing that. Not know. take any accountability. Nobody is taking any accountability. Right. It just, it just, it just boggles my mind. For it's, what they did. Like it just... makes me want to pull my hair out in certain places. Well, it makes me feel too, like a little bit, we've gotten to this place in society. <laughs> certain places. I mean like the hair on my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, certain places. I, I certain places like... in the story make you want to pull your hair out? No, like certain places where like I can pull my hair out and still cover my bald spots. Oh. and be okay like that's how like that's how this case makes me like i just want to pull my hair out but not have anybody know that i'm pulling my hair out i think we're gonna have to revisit that in private <laughs> that sounds like it needs to be addressed and we're gonna continue you, this conversation you need to record me taking out the garbage bins yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. and that should tell you everything no i'm just saying like okay i just want to go throw some glasses Yes, throw a glass. That Go would... throw some drinking glasses. I'll support that. Okay, yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah, because I do, do really instead. love my hair. But yeah, oh my god, it's like one after the other after the other. I know. With this, it is very with this upsetting. This poor girl and these people, and it's like, you know. Okay, moving on. So sorry. It, yes, okay. Um, so the next part is something that really got to me too. Oh no. Where, so Christine Barnett's attorney. Uh, Mark Nicholson mm -hmm. is interviewing Natalia for like on those Zoom meetings. Yeah. Where they're talking about the case and she's talking about the different things that she experienced while living with them. Mm -hmm. And he says to her, if you were being neglected, why didn't you call the police? And I just like instantly as if I could dislike him more. Right. <laughs> you know, like that is such a I don't think he's ignorant. No, he's definitely not stupid. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he so knows what he's doing. That was a very 
intentionally evil comment for him to make. He's defending Christine. Right. So these questions are based on his defense for Christine. So Mm -hmm. he has to make Natalia look bad. Right. No, I get that. But it was just like... Like, how could you? Like, canceled. Canceled? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's horrible. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, just... I'm done. I'm yeah. done. You're not a good person. What? How old was she when he was um, asking her these questions? I forget what year that was. Well, 2003. It was last year, right? 2022? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19. Okay, so she was 19 answering these questions. Right. About like, when she was like 9 or 10. Yeah. Being left alone. Why didn't you call the police? And she said, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Well, for there for a while, she didn't even have a phone to do anything. Right. And she had been talking to Heather and she got her contacts wiped and told not mm-hmm. to con- talk to Heather anymore. And to not accept donuts from her nice neighbors either. Right. But I looked it up a little bit. Okay. Because the comic really bothered me that he said that. And he said, I looked it up and on the... Department of Human Health and Services, DHS, they put out an annual child mistreatment report. Oh. And on this report for 2021, okay. which I think is the most recent one, there were over 3 million children that received an investigation or response from DHS. There were nearly 600,000 state-reported cases of child abuse or neglect. Three quarters of those cases, so 76%, were specifically victims of neglect and a national estimated 1,820 children died from abuse or neglect in 2021. So I would be very interested to know if Mark Nicholson would like to look at one of those 1,820 children who are suffering and say... That died. That died. Yeah. And say, well, if it's true, why didn't you report it? Why didn't you call the cops? Yeah. Mm. It's just such an evil statement well to, me. to look natalia in the face and be like well if you're being neglected why didn't you report it because why didn't those 1820 children report it there's reasons i am not defending nicholson mm-hmm. but i but i see where your 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 passion is, is, <laughs> yeah. is coming into play but not violent i don't throw things when i'm no mad. you don't throw things no <laughs> you just you get like big eyes and little lips yeah. but, and your red ne- neck and your neck goes red yeah. but um he is treating Natalia at this point as an adult, and he's referring to her as an adult back then as well. Right. Because that's when she was legally aged. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's making that statement or questioning her, like, why didn't you call the cops? Because legally, mm-hmm. you were age 22, which right. means, you know, yeah. ale- allegedly, you should have been capable of right. calling the cops. Right. I know he's trying to make her look absurd. Right. He's trying to make her look like she was the negligent one. Right. But it just makes him look so bad. Like, it makes him look ignorant. I know he's not ignorant. I know he's smart. It just makes him... And it makes him look like a bad person. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's defending Christine. This is why people hate lawyers. This is why lawyers get the bad reputation they do. And this is so funny. his comments. Because we always say, get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Trust no one. Yeah, trust no one. But also get a lawyer, but don't kind of don't trust your lawyer either but always get a lawyer when you're talking to the 
to the police. Right. Don't just talk to the police. Go to your lawyer first. Yeah. No matter what. Even if it's like you had nothing to do with it, you were like a million miles away. If they want to bring you in for questioning. Especially if you're innocent, get a lawyer. Yeah. Especially if you're innocent, always get a lawyer. Because you just never know. And then when things like this happen, Mm -hmm. 10 years later, you're going to be like, that's not what I said. Or that's not what was meant. Right. And that's why we're like, And they try and twist things and trap you. Oh, yeah. That's their job. So you need to get somebody who can also twist and trap and trick and speak their language. Can you imagine me in an interrogation? Oh, you're not allowed to speak. You're, (laughs) You're like, you're, you're like those people that are like. You know, I need to check with my caregiver before I can answer that question. Yeah. Like, you need to check with me before you're allowed to answer questions. <laughs> It'll be like Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee, where you squeeze my hand, and, and that means stop talking right yeah, now. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty don't much. Talk, don't go yep, into no, that subject. No, yeah, no, I, sh- I, no. <laughs> you're fine. Somebody like me, I couldn't do it. No, they would just look at me, and I would just start crying and be like, "I did it," even though I didn't. Like, do but it. you didn't do it. You're like, "But they're looking at me. I did it." Yeah, <laughs> they think I did it. So did I do it? I don't know. You didn't do it. Okay, edit that You're out. You're innocent. <laughs> you didn't do it. I'm telling you right now, you didn't do it. So then. So then. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. So then we come to a part where uh, Michael Burnett and his attorneys are going over the footage of Natalia with the garbage cans and yeah. him berating her for getting neighbors to buy her donuts and stuff like that. And so yeah. they're reviewing it. <laughs> and speaking of donuts... The one one neighbor, the one lawyer is sitting there eating a donut. He's got it like half eaten. (laughs) And then other lawyer, the lead lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, uh, because he has like three lawyers. Yeah. He all but like bitch slaps this this donut out of the guy's hand. I know. (laughs) He's like, put the donut down. Put the donut down. And the guy's like, what? I'm eating a donut. And he's like, no, put the donut down. And he's like, what? What? And then Michael starts laughing because he thinks it's like something funny. Yeah. And the lead attorney like. so absurd. And the lead attorney is like. This is very serious. I know. He's dead serious. You need to put the donut down so we can take this serious and have like 100% focus. That's not word for word, but... Yeah, no, it pretty old, well, almost is. And so the lawyer, the lawyer puts his donut puts his down. Donut down. He's like, man, give me back my donut. Oh. <laughs> so I don't understand why eating a donut makes you like not serious. Isn't donut or some kind of donut equivalent like pretty standard in meetings? I feel like for every meeting work meeting i've ever shown up there was something they kind always of... have like some sort of like treat like yeah. sugary treat it's to keep you awake keep You're... you awake and satisfied like oh they brought us donuts yeah so it like it like gets your um dopamine up if anything him eating a donut is proof that he was serious you know what the next time we record we're gonna have donuts we're gonna have donuts it's gonna be like a standard thing now yes <laughs> Get your donuts ready. New Get episode. Ready. Get your donuts ready, tots. We're going to have a new episode. <laughs> yes. We're going to get some tater tots and donuts. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I thought it was funny that he was just like flipped out about this donut. He's like, put your donut down. Put your donut down. And the, the guy's like, what? Even he was like, what? It made everyone uncomfortable and it was ridiculous. So then we come to the day of the trial for Michael Barnett. Mm-hmm. And he is sitting in his B&B and he tells the camera that today he will be playing the part of innocent guy and sitting as still as he can. Yeah, he says playing a part. Yeah, and he says on the stage, I will be playing the part of innocent guy. Oh my god. Yeah. This so, guy. not that he is innocent. So, cameras are not allowed in the courtroom, but we do get some audio of the interview between Detective Davenport and Michael because that's what he talked about while he was on the stand. Yeah. Where Michael was saying that Lafayette was a white trash town. And so nobody would care about her and they could just dump her off there and yeah. never hear from her again. And he said 
um, that Christine specifically said right. this, not him. Right. Even but, though they were married at the time. Yeah. That and it this shows happened. that he knew. Like, he knew. He was aware that that was the plan. Yeah. He knew that was going on. He didn't, like, do anything to stop it. Mm-mm. No. No. And uh, so the lawyers thought for a minute that that might be a problem, but it ended up being fine for them. Because it got out, huh? Because it got out, and then the town hates him now. Lafayette. Yeah, yeah. Lafayette. Yeah, because y- you go to a town and you have a trial, and then somebody reports trash back. talks your town. That you're like, yeah, this town is just white trash. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to... Some character he's playing on stage. I know, right? <laughs> I, know, I, I, right? I think he got the script wrong. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. But then we hear that Natalia took the stand and it didn't go well for her. Like, I guess because she wasn't allowed to, people weren't no, allowed to know she was a kid yeah. at the time. They asked her all kinds of questions that she just didn't have the answers to because she was a child when they happened. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't remember or she doesn't know. Or it didn't. Yeah, because they weren't allowed to say child. They mm-hmm. weren't allowed to say adoption. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a bunch of other things that they weren't allowed to bring up specifically in this uh, court case. So it was kind of like a very narrow area of right. what they could talk about. And, and they s- asked her, they said, how old are you? And she had to say her legal birth year was 1989. Yeah. Instead of 2003. Right. Because legally that's what she is. Right. So it made her look ridiculous yeah and so because of all that Mm -hmm. so the white trash talk didn't really hurt him that much Mm -mm. the they found him not guilty right and of course he broke down crying and he's like oh it's all over it's almost all over which it wasn't so dramatic well and then what bothered me too is he came out and he said you know the jury the group of strangers found him innocent just like everybody knows he is and he called jacob and he was like they didn't even have to debate it they just knew i was innocent yeah because they were only um deliberating i think what an hour and a half it came back super fast the verdict and his lawyer was like oh when the verdict comes back that fast because it usually isn't it usually isn't but then yeah. afterwards well okay okay when what? it comes back fast depending it's usually on the, bad for yeah. the defendant right exactly right. so like we always know when we're watching these trials and like true crime shows when they come back with a fast verdict we're like oh, good he got guilty guilty they're guilty yeah you know rarely is it they come back in an hour and was like okay you're innocent, innocent. unless yeah. it's like a um a technicality right like they screwed up on collecting evidence or didn't read the Miranda rights. And that's kind of what happened here. So after Michael made a big deal about how everyone knows he's innocent and all this stuff, they got a hold of one of the jurors who mm-hmm. was the lead juror person, you know? Yeah, the uh, four-person? Yeah, Is that yeah. what they call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said everybody knew right away the whole time that Michael was super guilty of abandoning his child. Like, But the list of what they're supposed to take in consideration right. per the judge... right. The judge and the court were super strict. And it was like, we have to find him not guilty because... Because of the rules that the judge laid down. Yeah. So it was like the jurors really, um, according to the the jury foreperson, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the majority of them. I think it was the majority of them. Did think he Mm -hmm. was guilty, but it was... Yeah, it was pretty Not on the specific charges and the specific instructions for the judge in the court for this case. Which, again, feels super sus on the I court's know. part. Like, it just feels really weird that they, you know, the whole aging up was weird. And then now all the jurors are like, oh, yeah, he's guilty. But e- then they didn't get a choice. Even of, even for abandoning a dependent 
person, mm-hmm. regardless of the, like, okay, not regardless, but if, if they're deemed legally an adult, but they're still dependent on Michael and Christine Barnett because of the disability, mm-hmm. they should have been found on that. Right. But I guess the way it was situated or, or Yeah, and they don't really go into what those, like... Instructions yeah, were. Yeah, what those instructions yeah. were, exactly. And so then he got found not guilty. Right. And then Christine went to trial because mm-hmm. his trial was first. Right. And she was also found not guilty. No, they dropped all the charges. Oh, they dropped the charges. They that's dropped right. all that's the right. charges right. because they... Insufficient evidence yeah. to charge her. So all the charges against Christine Barnett were dropped because the prosecution said they had insufficient evidence to charge her. It's just insane that nobody was held accountable for what happened yeah. to Natalia. So, so now mm-hmm. the way they end this this portion of the documentary mm-hmm. is Natalia's with the Mans, mm-hmm. right? Cynthia right. and Antoine, Bishop Antoine Mans. Yep. Uh, and she's been there for like 10 years now at this point, I think. I think, yeah, 10 years. Yeah. Nine or 10 years. Uh-huh. And, and she said that she's okay. Everybody seems super happy yeah. at the end of this documentary and that's how they end it mm-hmm. and so that is natalia grace uh the curious case of natalia grace yes so now the next set of episodes is natalia speaks yes. this is her season two yeah her account of what happened in her words so instead of interviewing so much of michael barnett mm-hmm. we're going to be hearing from natalia on herself herself like yeah. get both sides of the story this is going to be her side of the story so mm-hmm. we got michael's and christine well michael's yeah and now we're going to get natalia's at the next one right okay yep yeah so oh i don't know about you but i have like a really bad pit in my stomach it's from... awful it's like you know when they talk about the justice system is broken it's broken. they're talking about stuff like this yeah. You know, like stuff like why did she get reaged in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why did they was go she, along with it? Why was she allowed to be adopted by people with a history of domestic violence? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. why did nobody get any charges for what happened to her? Even yeah. if she was an adult, still somebody still should have been. They held still abandoned a disabled dependent adult, right? Even if she was reaged and legally counted as that, but the, I, I guess it the didn't... fact that during the trial, the jury said that they wanted to find him guilty, but they felt like because of the things the judge was making them do, they weren't allowed mm-hmm. to. So I mean, what's yeah. the point of having the jury? So this is not a judge trial. So it was like this: this poor Natalia person mm-hmm. just didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance. I mean, didn't have a chance from. From so young, mm-hmm. being shipped around, uh, brought to an orphanage. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really was kind of born without a chance. Right. Which is really sad. It's so hard to see people that just like are set up for failure from yeah. the get-go. Get-go. <laughs> from yeah. the get-go. Get-go. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so that concludes our Natalia, Curious Case Natalia Grace Speaks. Mm. Um No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they changed the name of it. It was just The Curious Case of Natalia Gray's. And now, because they have a season two. Oh, it's Natalia Speaks. Yeah, but they call it The Curious Case of Natalia Gray's Speaks. (laughs) Okay. Like, it's so weird because we had a hard time finding it. I know, it was weird. So, our portion Mm -hmm. is season one. We're now done. Yeah, done. Um, Done. Yeah. Done. Oh, I need to go watch some, like, SpongeBob or something. I know. (laughs) Something on Disney, like, Coco. <laughs> no, Co- Coco's sad. Coco, yeah. Coco makes me cry. Need something happy. Yeah, maybe Zootopia. 
um, I don't know. So we're we're done with that. We have on Instagram. We posted. Uh, which one do you want us to do next? Do you want us to keep doing Natalia Grace, like mm-hmm. the her side of the story, the six part? Yeah, series. season two, basically. Season two. Yeah, it mm-hmm. would be another two parter mm-hmm. um, because there's too much to cover in one episode. Right. Or do you want us to do Gypsy Rose, the confessions from prison? Right. Um, we're still new to this whole podcast thing, so if you can go on Instagram this time on True Crime, um, let us know which one you want us to do next. Right. And please subscribe. Please subscribe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be it. That's it. Right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Whew. That yeah. was... That was a rough one. That was a doozy. Yeah. That one was hard. Yeah. Uh. So I wish the best for everyone in the yeah. case. Like, genuinely, I do. Yeah. There's still... There's still people there's yeah. still i don't know about christine though but <laughs> but we didn't get to hear we didn't hear really her side from of the story christine. you we know from michael yeah i do wish everyone the best because it, i don't know yeah i think it's hard life is hard i'm, I'm just hoping everyone can can heal and and, and grow and move on from get it some therapy and, and be a better person yeah you know like maya angelou know better yeah. do better yeah you know yeah therapy is a good thing like you yeah. know, when you need it. Self-reflection Re- is a good thing. Reach out for help. Yeah. You know? Like, look back on this and be like, how can I be a better person from this? What can I learn? Yeah. Follow us on all the stuff. All right. I'm Fox. I'm Alice. And thank you again for listening. And we'll see you back in the next episode. Yeah. Of this time on True Crime. This time on True Crime. All right. Thank you. Tots. Tots. I don't know. I like it. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to get feedback on that. Okay. Bye.